I'm Michael Sean Harris, and you're listening to Mike's Moment Of, a weekly podcast in which I, along with my guests, share our various interests in moments of inspiration, truth, life, technology, culture, and more. I hope you're entertained and informed, and that you feel inspired to join me again and again in my Moments Of. Mm-hmm. All right, yes, man. I see waveforms. Great. Yes, man. Esther doing <laughs> what? <laughs> How you do? All right, this well, is yeah, right. Mike's moment of we're talking with doing Morris mm-hmm. Caban Records. Yes, and we're just going diving because we have, we have lots to talk about. Of course. Um. So, all right, doing you. You started music in what? In church? Are you? How, how you? How you start? Um, I actually started music in high school. In high school, which high school you went to? I I started in church, but it really started seriously in high school. I went to from technical high school. That's in West Portland. Okay, okay. Right up in the Cane Field. (laughs) (laughs) So you... You you had somebody teaching you music there? You were teaching yourself music? How how that Oh, Lord. This is a funny story. (laughs) You know that? They actually sent me music after school for punishment <laughs> for punishment yes i actually used to hide from music class <laughs> yeah i used to do that too, actually. <laughs> yeah i used yeah. to hide from music class so they actually put me in after school program as punishment and wow. that's that's how we started that's in eighth grade thank god for punishment it's for punishment right because <laughs> <laughs> music is your life no there you go it's so yeah, funny okay. right <laughs> okay so all right so i know you used to teach you used to teach at papine high right yeah how I was that to... experience um it was rough <laughs> not gonna yeah. it was yeah, fulfilling man. but it was it was it was rough actually you know that was not my first teaching job where what was the first one i actually went back to from school to teach Okay. Yeah. And you're teaching uh, music or you're teaching something else? Um I was I was teaching music. I actually started in the science lab. They um, the science lab. Yes, they they, they, put, they didn't have the music room. <laughs> no, actually I was there to help with the sciences actually. Okay, okay. Uh uh-huh. so I did that for a couple of months. I think I started that in February of 2002. <laughs> and okay. then the following September, no, 2001. And then the following September, the music teacher left and they were like, oh, but you know, little music. All right, go teach music. <laughs> that was okay. it. So that was okay. my first job. I did that for a year before I came to Kingston, actually. Okay. Okay. And I mean, mm-hmm. and so what was what was so rough about Papine? I mean, I've, I've been there too. I mean, you know, because I used to help out friends and stuff. But yeah, what, what, what was so rough about working at Papine? I... I, I was not prepared for the job um, in terms of, I think I came out of a, this safe environment in Edna Manley. Okay. And, and I was just thrown into reality with kids <laughs> who had social issues, yeah. kids who basically, they were not reserved and they mm-hmm. didn't listen and they had a lot of challenges. 
So it was it was just a rough experience. And plus, honestly, I don't think I knew enough or had content to teach. Okay. So, okay. so because as you know, most schools don't really have a curriculum for music. Right. So right. you basically just wing it as you go along. Okay. You know, and 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 that was it. I think it was lack of preparation, really, in but, in but, terms of dealing with students. Plus, right. I mean, having content to teach. But I mean, from the, the stories I've heard of the other people I know who are teaching there, it's not just the students; it's also the community that sometimes can be an issue of where where the high school is. Because so people will come on campus and you know, yo, <laughs> do what they feel because it's their place. I never and trust me, yes, I never forget it. One time, this guy came over there and just started slapping up this young lady. Apparently, they wow. lived together, and she took a phone that he wasn't aware of, and he just came over there and just did his thing, you know. So <laughs> it was, wow. it was, yeah, it was was an environment okay. that I, I just, it was, yeah, rough. It was like, it was like another world. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, but but even though you weren't prepared, though, I mean, <laughs> I mean, they still call your name at Papine. So, I mean, obviously you did something right. Um, <laughs> Yes, because I love to prove things to myself, you okay. know. So I really overworked myself at Papine, to be honest. But I, what were... What were some of the successes? Like, what what did you do? Because as you say, you weren't prepared, but you did something. You you, you dug it out of somewhere. What did you do that that was so successful, though? Um, I focused on on the after school program, which was a festival choir. Okay. Yes. So I think that was where I had my successes. Um, I really focused on that. Um, I I felt like that was where I got the opportunity to really do music. So okay. I just went in and plus they had the director who had that group before was Mr. Leighton Jones. And as you know, right. Leighton is just the boss, you <laughs> yes. know, so I, I had huge shoes to fill and <laughs> I wanted to just live up to his expectation, honestly. So okay. I drive myself crazy just to try and get, you know, make sure that they come back home with the 22 gold medals as <laughs> they are used to. Right. right. So, so I mean, so competition became a big a big deal it, yeah competition was a big deal in the school especially okay. with that choir like it, that was the good part of the school so they really milked that okay so, okay yeah, so i really try to maintain that and you know a lot of times when people think of high school choir they're thinking you know kind of you know musical theater songs and semi-classical songs but that's not what you were doing really no, i mean you probably did some of that too but you're doing <laughs> what, what what kind of stuff were you doing with them no man, dancer, reggae. Okay. It's just what I try to meet them in terms of what they were used to. So the Perfect. same songs they were hearing on the radio, that's what I that's I I hear a new Mavado song. May I go find a way to put it in a medley somewhere? <laughs> you know? Okay, just, just clean up the lyrics a bit. Yes, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> right, but, so after after Papi and you went to to Arden, I went to Arden. Yes. Okay, where, where did Edna Manley come in in this? You went to Edna Manley before Papine or? Um, yes, I, okay. I yeah man, I went to Edna Manley. It was oh three to oh six. That's when I okay. went to Edna Manley. Oh, and you did what there? What what the program you did there? I I did the music education. Okay, um, okay, yeah. And at the time, it was our certificate. It wasn't a degree. Then. It was it was a diploma. A matter of fact, diploma. I want, yeah, I wanted to do the um the jazz program, but it was a certificate at the time. And right. my mother okay. said she now pay for no certificate. So, understandable, <laughs> so, understandable. Yeah. yeah, so I had to do okay. the diploma. So, all right, Arden, how, how did that work out? Because that's a different environment. <laughs> yes, Arden was, well, was a different world. 
you know, in in every way. I tell, I tell was, me about it. I didn't, first of all, I was the best teaching job I've ever done. Wow. You know, How long know. were you there? I was there for two very short years. Okay. But <laughs> you accomplished a lot. And some months. Yes. I, 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 I'm very proud of the work that I did at Arden. I don't think I've ever worked so hard any other time in my life, <laughs> to tell, be honest. Tell me, about, tell, me, tell me about some of the stuff you were doing there. Um. Well, I, I for one... I just, when I went to the school, I had voices and I'm like, yo, I need everything in my head to come out. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, good singers. Yeah, we have some good singers. And they were 11 yeah. and 10 years old. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I drove them crazy because okay. I wanted them to sound exactly based on what I have in my head. And they delivered. They really wow. delivered, you know. Um, so, we accomplish everything. We we mm-hmm. won everything. We entered <laughs> everything. It was a group that I just sent them on stage, and I just listened and in awe of them. Wow, yeah, man. So, but, but was Arden in that vein of of arts and artistic kind of excellence from before you got there, or were you a part of 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 that beginning at Arden, or? Um, so my, I was introduced to Arden from I was at Edamali while, while I was at te- teaching practice. Okay. So I went there, I saw Mr. Herder. They had a very right. strong classical program. Right. Very, 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 very strong. Great singers, mm-hmm. you know, and I've, I really, I always wanted to go there. And I was actually at a rehearsal across the street and Mr. Herder called me one day and said, yo, you want the job? I said, what? <laughs> you say you want the job? I said, yes. And I just, I never did an interview. I just went over there and started. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's how okay. that came about. So yeah. did you ever play any, anything on the hotel circuit or? <laughs> I did the hotel circuit for a month. A month. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yo, this animal, I think. I, okay. Yeah, I never liked the, the long hours, the, the three forty-five minutes set. And, uh, and and the little pay, yeah, man, and the little <laughs> money, and uh, I uh, think the the last ex, the last time I went there, they usually have you go to the back to eat, and I never like that. Right, right, yeah, right. Like we need to eat with the guests, them or something. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah. <laughs> so we never. So, right, okay, I understand that. So when when did the, when did playing in like bands, like which artists you were playing for? Um, my first experience, I started out actually with Busy Signal first. Um, okay. Well, I used to play with gospel artists first, and that. Which ones? And around what time was that? that what years? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait, t- tell me who first, and then we're going to talk about when it work out. Um, I started with who was it first? I think the first real official one was Stitchy. I started with okay. Stitchy. I, I that was the first major gig, I would say. Um, okay. That was a nightmare. Moving on. <laughs> you, you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about it. What What year was that? I don't know what year was. It was actually immediately after I left Edna Manley. Okay. Andre Carter called me and said, "Yo, me know you finish school now. We we start a band and him sell me the idea and um, and we just go because okay. you know, Andre good like that, you know. So I went. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was horrible, man. It was it was horrible. Why Why was it so bad though? Sitchi was running a cult. <laughs> oh, oh, in what way? Why? Why you said that? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm probably gonna reach to him, but <laughs> so be it. Um, is it was it was 
All right, put it this way. All of us lived in the same space. Okay. We moved all the musicians to live in the same house, which I okay. thought was strange. But again, Andre, like so may I go just it was, go with the food. It was like a control control tactic. Yeah, man. And and he, they pick us up at the house 5 a.m. in the morning, and we went by his house, and we were there until 10 in the night. But what are you doing at the house the whole day? Everything. <laughs> Prince CDs, um, oh, okay. run errands, PM phone bill, go PM like so, so, he, he, so the band was like his uh, his assistant. Every, everything, the band was his. Wow. his like, it was his everything, and and if you didn't comply and go with whatever, him sit down and have a Bible study as to why you must <laughs> <laughs> you must <laughs> you must obey the servant of the Lord. Okay, all yeah. right. <laughs> say, say no more. Yeah. Say no more. Which, which, which other? All right. Let me tell you something because, because all right, <laughs> and maybe I'm gonna get in trouble for this too. But I mean, I hear stories about about the gospel industry and the gospel artists about how many of them are. I mean, and you've seen some of them. Some of them get shot. Some of them are thugs. You know, some of them are, are yeah. gunmen, and and you wonder how how this makes sense to them. I I I still try to figure it out, but I like no gospel artist could have get me to play a note for them. Straight okay. up, never. Okay. Them, 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 as men no know. But them dishonest, man. And them very okay. dishonest, yeah. And them, no, them not, no, no, um, their character is just. Okay. Yeah. And I think so, part, so, part of the reason is because you kind of have expectations of them too, because they're my Christian people. Right. And then mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. St- stuff that, I mean, one time a gospel artist leave me and the whole band in a wilderness because if they want us to do we did a show and then he wanted us to do another a free show and we said yo we're not do another free show and he drove and left everybody in the middle of the night with me alone i was the only one in the band with a car and me have to drop and this was in people oh this was in jamaica okay yes okay. i had to drive in, in the u.s no definitely not that was this was back <laughs> in 2000 and something man yeah, okay. drive left everybody, and I had to drive home and drop home everybody in the night. You know, so, wow. and that was it. After that one, that, that was that when was you said like, no more, no more. That's okay, it. <laughs> that's okay, it. okay. Mm-hmm. So, which reggae artist did you play for, and how was that? Um, well, the only I did somewhat with Jakir. Actually, when he came out of prison, I was a part of the first band, and okay. then I did I think two or three shows. But when the tour was coming up. The manager had, I think his cousin or some uncle or somebody in Mobile that he mm-hmm. wanted to be in the band. So they replaced me with that person. And that person could play? And that, boy. Okay. <laughs> so, say no more. I think I've been saying that a lot in this interview. Say no more. <laughs> I, I, they, they have different interpretation. <laughs> Oh, you're so diplomatic. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. sorry. So, Jackie, who else? Who else Jackie, and then I went to Busy, actually. Okay. And then yeah. I went to Busy. So, I started working with Shane Brown and Busy during the early days. And that was good? How was that? Um, We did. We were doing most of rehearsal, I guess, because Shane, I mean, he had his plan and stuff. But Busy mm-hmm. wasn't really there yet. He, he had some hit songs, but not okay. to tour with a band just yet. And just before we started touring with Busy, um, Beanie Man called me. Okay. Them called me and said, yo, f- this is such a funny story. 
Um, I think it was like two weeks before Beanie Man called me. Me and Andre Wilson was at home learning Beanie Man intro for him show. Like, right. just randomly. <laughs> <laughs> you were preparing. Preparing for what I do. We were just randomly playing some stuff from Beanie Man live shows. And two weeks later, they called me. And him said, I was on the road and they said that they need the person to come now. And I'm like, okay, fine. They said, what? You don't need to learn this anymore. No, I'm saying I'm ready. And <laughs> I, went, I went in the rehearsal and missed them just play. Man, say yo, they were so amazed, <laughs> not knowing that I've been rehearsing for this thing before. No, you know, yeah. why it, it <laughs> speak to preparation? You see, uh, anyway, yeah, it's preparation. And, uh, even even for the things that you don't know coming, you're you're preparing. That is very true, and that was how oh. that thing came about. And then I just started working for Beanie Man, and that was the first official, and probably is my only major gig. Okay, as a, as a musician, really. All right, so working with Beanie Man, what, what are some of the things you learned, like going on tour with him or just work ethic-wise? or what, what are some of the things you learned from him or the producers or just from being the, the other people who are around you? Is, is there stuff you learned? or? Um, yes, I, I learned that Beanie Man is a workaholic. Okay. Like this guy's not successful by accident. Mm. Um, I learned that this man is 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 really business like is a is a man in a is a child in a man body and I think that is one of the reasons why I'm so happy, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> okay. when it comes on to stage and music, he 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 just don't play. When it come on to if him have an idea now, he's gonna produce it today. <laughs> like okay. we have a song, we are gonna build a beat and we are gonna voice it today, not tomorrow, not coming. And he's not wow. going to sleep until it's done. You know? Wow, I'm, I'm glad. I mean, I would never have known that otherwise. You know what I mean? Yeah, if, I, if I didn't talk to you, I wouldn't know. Man. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Wow. Anything else? Um, In love what him do. I I learned, like, I literally see that man lying in the middle of the street and cry because he missed a show. And I'm like, bro, like, <laughs> been, I never forget it. This was, um, they had a show in Trelawney for the Olympians one year where they were appreciating the Olympians and he missed a show in Trelawney. When he got there, the show was done. Wow. And the dude was in the middle of the street crying, like literal tears. That was yeah. one thing. The second thing that I saw him do that, never, I never forget, he was on stage and the generator went out. And the dude performed for half an hour by himself a with the people for half an hour. <laughs> Just Mad. with the people, no band, no, no, and him just tell the drum off a play. That's it. Yeah, you know, I never forget yeah. that. It, it, amazing. Um, so work yeah, ethic is that. definitely one of the things I learned from being a man, and 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 never too busy for people. Like this dude will take a cool. picture, like you have to really set him. You're ready to let's go. Right, stop now, stop yeah, now, man. Yeah, yeah. and it, it never too, never but, too tired. But what do you think that speaks? About I mean, for, for me, it sounds like he's just really grateful for being where he is. Yes, uh, for, you know, yes. and I never get up like this man. You think that this man just getting a hit song for the first time, right? You know, this is a man. That Don't take nothing for granted. Nothing, you know. I really respect that. That's great. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah man. Wow. Right. Who, who else? Who else you played for? Um. Well, in terms of not. I've played for most people in terms of like doing okay. shows, doing sting, doing some fest champions in action. 
and work like one off stuff yeah working with rough cut so i've 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 really done tons of rehearsal with a lot of people i acting okay i mean sizzler did sizzler a few tours with sizzler too Mm. he's another one i have to hats off to him too you know humble humble people humble people tell me about sizzler sizzler is very surprising (laughs) sizzler (laughs) is the only tour tour i did how long was it um I think we did um, two months on the road. And Sizzler mm-hmm. is the only person that paid me before the week start. That's one. Professional. Yes. He paid you yeah. before the week start. That's one. Secondly, the last week we never did all our shows. He still paid us for the week. Thirdly, at the end of the week, Sizzler is the only artist I ever tour with that walk in the restaurant and just buy the whole band food. <laughs> just buy yo no keep the money on the pocket just buy everybody food and the most important thing he has ever done for me was i leave the tour with seven songs this dude just said send me some beats on my voice them right now seven songs one night what amazing <laughs> no artist and i work for being a man for what five six years never get a song where they that is my own my production sizzler gave me seven so is that when when you started producing or you started from producing from before? No, I started producing before because I did the sister tour in 2016, but I started producing in 2012. Funny story. There's a, well, there's a story for everything. <laughs> yeah, man. I That's start- why we're here. We want to hear the story of them, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> I started producing because um I used to make beats for most of the producers who had name back in the day. I mean Like who? Like all of the Jamis brothers, them Jam to John John and the Jamis himself, um, mm-hmm. Suko from War 21. Um, I, I don't remember some of them names, but a lot of them, you know, they are okay. producers, but not they don't play. So, so I used have to money, play, yeah, them, them have money okay. and they know the artist, them so right, okay, they have access to the artist. So, you as the youth come play the play the phrase and then them call mm-hmm. them artist friend and them get the songs them. and okay. i remember the first song i ever played in the studio was my father on the rock okay yeah that's the first song i ever phrased as a keyboard player and i remember mm-hmm. when i had a meeting some years later with a publisher and they said that i licensed that song and even though my name was on the sorry the cd the 45 the record he said i, I don't you, you don't have no shares in the song Really? Yeah. So you didn't sign any any share agreement? No. Um, as a youth, you can't you can sign it. No, no they just, they just pay you pay your money and that's it for no, them. No man, then buy a drink. <laughs> a drink? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm so you haven't even been paid for that. All right. No, I've, wow. I haven't been paid. I mean, and that is the reality of our industry. Still, you're a youth. Mm-hmm. You get the youth to come do the thing, and that's exactly how I was seen. You know, I made it grateful for you know, the presence of these people anyway. So how dare you bring business to, you know? Yeah, but but sometimes that's what they that's what they rely on that you're being grateful to be in their presence. I mean, I think sometimes their their attitude is from a, a time long ago. You know, when people weren't being trained. You're coming from you're coming from a a school of music and a, a wealth of experience before you even started doing these beats. Um, that's that's true in a sense. And sorry, not so true in one sense. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, I did the teaching program. So in terms of music business right. and stuff like that, we were not 
I was not exposed to that. Yeah, yeah but but in the business part, I'm talking about I'm I'm talking about experience and and training in making music. Uh-huh. Um, cause you know, you know, back in the day, it was a thing of okay, I want to make a record or I want I want to be an artist. Uh-huh. So you go and sit down at the studio, cause you have no experience otherwise. Yeah. So sit down at the studio and you you learn from the people who are there, and then you know them give you a food and you know them make you record two things, and then they might push it, they might not push it. But times change. Um, times change from when you were started doing it. It was, it was different, and it's even more different now. That's true. So that's um um that's hmm. true, and it it's to be honest. And a lot of people will not say, but it hasn't changed a lot, really. <laughs> oh, you think in, 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 so you, what you're saying is that they're still exploiting people? Of course. And yeah, and if they can't okay. get you to do it, if you if you realize, you know, even Kingston itself, um, let me just give you an example of something that you can see outside of the studio, probably mm-hmm. you can't see. You have a set of artists in Kingston where every year or two years they change them band. Right. Their thing is, yo, make the youth them some fresh face and some fresh whatever. That's that's mm-hmm. their thing. Until the youth them understand what's going on here and move on and then, then get a new set. <laughs> right, so right, right. That cycle with the artist them is the same thing that happened in studio. So they will okay. always have a new set of youth who come from a country who don't know nothing, like how I came and did mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. And once me start get smart and bring a paper, them say, Oh, get rid of him, find the next youth. Right. And they're not gonna say it; they're just gonna do it. <laughs> right, because that's that's one of the things I say. Because um, you know, I, I teach at Edna, mm-hmm. and and some of the things I teach, I teach music technology, which is kind of the beat making, beat making, mm-hmm. and and more, and performance. And but I tell them all the time because sometimes a lot of the students who go there because they're coming from church or they're coming from high school or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's they know what to play, and and in their head it's I'm going to go and play for artists. That's what. Some of the things I'm teaching them is is the other things that they can do, you know, the, the the production stuff or the sound design stuff or the sample collection or or even even being a, a musical director for a show or scripting a show or planning out, out a show and that kind of stuff. And and they, they resist it a lot. And I keep telling them, I said, the people that you're trying to go and work for at at any moment can go, I've made enough money for this year or I don't want to work with these people anymore and mm-hmm. drop you like a hot potato. And then what are you going to do? Try and find somebody else to play for? Or sometimes the market might get slow and the tours aren't happening as much as they, they used to. Like what are no. you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. What are you going to do? You have to find, you have, you have to have other skills and, and all of it can be music. All of it can be creative, but there are other skills that you can have where you can either work for a TV show or be a consultant for something or whatever, you know, compose something that you don't even have to be around people. You can compose it and send it to people. Um, you should have these skills, you know, at your, at your fingertips. At your fingertips. So that you can, so you can always be viable. You can always be making yourself money. You can always find, find work or make work for yourself. And they resist it until they, they graduate and maybe five years later they go, oh, you know, I see what you're saying now. Or, <laughs> <laughs> they always say that. And I, yeah. I know one of the reasons why, I mean, I can speak from experience. One of the reasons why they will resist it is because um, they're attracted to the music because of their peers. So right. when a youth who graduate two years before me from high school got Edna Manley and me seeing on my TV I play for a big artist. Mm-hmm. I just that is that is what I want. That is the ultimate for them. 
and right. and so they will block their minds off everything else that because that thing it come with clout mm. it come with mm. people are seeing up on tv it come with yo in bus now and that is what they want so when you're telling them about learning skills of their own that will benefit them that not really come with clout nobody not say that <laughs> But nobody not telling them the reality though is that sometimes yes you go on the tour but tour, the tour might be one month might be two two weeks you know and then you still because everybody also want to have a family everybody you know I forget me youth and so they, so they're twenty something and they getting I don't getting married or not and having kids for sure and so they have mouths to feed including their own and mm-hmm. you know taking care of people and that. The little tour money don't always stretch the way you think all it right. may stretch. All right. So let me tell you what I've I've realized. And this comes from just, as I say, my personal experience and talking to the youth. Them. You see, each phase in your life come with different need, you know. So mm-hmm. between the age of ages of 18 to maybe like 22, the, the my need is clout, girls, nice clothes, yeah. and care is a big plus. And mm-hmm. with the clout, as in me playing for artists, me dep on TV a morning time, that is it. If me can right. achieve those things, I don't care what you have to say. I'm, I'm, that, that's <laughs> what is important to me. So that is important in that you. phase of life. Until later now, you realize like, boy, like like happened to me. When me, me I told me I fly on plane, they can't talk to me. You know, me I make US dollar. And then after a while, the tour becomes work. <laughs> Like, God know, me have to take 10 planes to them. God know, like, it's not exciting anymore because my right. needs now change. I have a child now, so every dollar becomes important. You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, when we just mm-hmm. start to walk around, you $30,000 in my pocket every day. Every single day. <laughs> because me never have nothing to do with money. And <laughs> me meet a little girl on the side of the road, me can count it out and pay for a little drink at the bar. That is right. That is what is important to me at that time. You know, gotcha. so after a gotcha. while, the needs started changing, and that is why it's, it's the five years later they'll come back and say, Oh, Mr. Wayasa, because the need changed now. Yeah, <laughs> the so they have to grow up a little bit, they have to grow up a little bit to understand. Yeah. All right, all right, I understand. Okay, yeah. okay, all right. So, so, all right, let's go back to the to the mm-hmm. producing thing now. Yeah, all right. So, so when did when did producing um become less of, of you doing it for other people and you doing it for yourself? Okay, so so after this whole meeting with the publisher, you now made it just bitter because mm-hmm. honestly, I never know what to do. And then Mister Boy, I never wanted to. They're telling me that I can take people to court, and me hear how much man get broke foot, how much man go missing, and all kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because of that whole court stuff, me and me no want go down the road because me are no bad man. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> I just say you know I go and me I go just lower this thing and I stop playing phrases for people full stop. Okay. I just okay. stop turn up at them studio and just tour and go home. Okay. You know, or go to go to work, which was a teaching. And right. then um Andre, Andre Barnes, Andre Right. Andre just always come on me at every day. <laughs> Andre came to my yard <laughs> by every day for a year to try and convince me. Wait, there's so many Andre you hang out with. You have, you have enough Andre friends. Um, <laughs> Andre Barnes, man. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> Chris Ross. Chris Ross. <laughs> but no, I know. But you have another Andre friend. You have, oh, you have enough yeah, Andre yeah. friend. Oh, not you. Yes, Andre Carter. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> uh, I know my middle name is Andre. 
<laughs> oh, that's <laughs> why. All right. That's been everything. Yeah. Uh, all right. Chris, Chris came to my house for a year. Every day. <laughs> saying he wants us to start a company, but me just never interested. Until me say, all right, you're persistent. We'll see what we can do. And we okay. we started we started with the clip rhythm that was the first one we ever did which was a live rhythm, and we record chronics on it. Um, oh. yes, that was chronics. Me didn't know that you there go boss. Let me tell you one of the reasons why we're ethics again. We did okay. a marketing thing for that rhythm, and chronics was the only person who turned up at every interview six o'clock in the morning, five o'clock. It don't matter what the time he was <laughs> there. You know, okay. and the other artists, them we could have begged them to tell nobody in the shop. You know, mm-hmm. so Chronics was on that, Jamil was on that, Alkaline was on it. Um, okay. I had Alkaline at Arden at the time, so any little opportunity me get me, me push. Okay, yeah, and and who else? Chevron was on it, and and couple mm-hmm. other people. So that was the first project that we ever tried. It took me one year to voice it, ten songs on that beat. <laughs> Okay, okay. Just to try it, like one year, and them are young artists. So why it took so long? Why it took so long to, to voice it? Just to get people in the studio. Okay, okay. So you okay. send them the beat and you have to bleed three months, <laughs> you know, until right. remind them. I'm going to write them song. Yeah. And, have to, and yeah, right. even write songs, just when them get around to it. Okay, okay. You know, yeah. So it took a year, and that was the start of it. And after okay. we did the clip rhythm, um... We decided that we are gonna just manage the artist, and we started out with um Michael Shamaya. He was the first artist we managed. Okay. Then, um, that one never really worked out, and then we went to Alkaline, and we started working. Okay, he had some success with Alkaline because he was you were still managing him when when in boss really. Uh yeah, man. I was I was actually Alkaline was signed to me until twenty nineteen. You know, on paper. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I don't know if I should get into this. What happened? What happened there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Right, so that's like um, you don't want to talk about that. Okay. No man, we can't talk about it. I don't know. Um, I honestly don't know. And I'm hoping one day when he grows up that we can have a man talk about it. But I don't know what happened. Him just call me okay. one day and say, "Yo, me a thief in money," and and me what? Oh, he accused you. Okay. He accused me of stealing his money. And what okay. I, I think I thought he was joking because he's a youth we just love joking. So okay. I said, okay. Me said, no man, where you talk about? Him say yo. And him did sound serious, and then me hear a bug of people in the background. So my drive go up and yard immediately. Like, yo. Mm-hmm. When I went up there, it was just a house full of people. And wow. I was like, yo, and the, everybody has scream at me. And okay. So he had, he had advisors? Of course. He had a lot of advisors. <laughs> um, and I just left the house and that was it. That was it. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> sorry. Nothing never oh. was brewing. Nothing never happened. We never had an okay. application. Nothing at all. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. So, all right. So... After that happened, what did, what what did you do? I mean, cause that cause you were spending a lot of time working on his career, basically. Actually, I that was all I was doing. I like I right. I stopped everything else. I had no touring, no working at schools, nothing. It was the only okay. thing I was doing. I was just in. I invested all the money I had. 
until okay. I was at zero dollars, <laughs> literally, you know. So, yeah. So, so what did you do after that? Um, stay on me out and ball every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that after happened. Yeah. And, yeah. and I really see me out there, I ball for days. No. <laughs> but of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, it, of course, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a bomb drop, really. It's a, a big life change you never expected. Yo, I was not, I, I don't know what happened. Just yeah. Yeah. And especially because you don't know what happened. That's even worse. That, yeah. Because you spent so much time going, what happened? Are you trying yeah, to figure out if it's the, your fault, if it's something mm-hmm, else? Yeah. Mm-hmm, that was the hurtful part about the whole thing, especially because, I mean, this you to me was like, like my son, you know? Okay. He mm-hmm. was, he, he at my house every day. We, we hung out. Anywhere more ago, me just, it was nothing for me to just drive with him and just, we're going, no matter if you want to link a girl, but it was just beyond just mm-hmm. we have a business arrangement. Right. Yeah. Right. So when everything did fall through, it was more than just yo the business crash. Yo, mm. me lose a virgin, you know, and and me never. Right. 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 Oh, me literally feel like my brother stabbed me in my back for no reason at all. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. So it did hurt. Yeah, for that's me. rough. Trust me. <laughs> that's rough. Uh, but eventually, you what did you go back to, to teaching for a while, or did you go go decide to go back to Edna? Um, yeah, I, I eventually went back to Edna. I think going back to Edna was just me trying to occupy my mind because I was in no man's land, really. I just, I don't right. know what was happening. My, my world was in turmoil. I, as I said, my, I never had a plan B. My plan A mm-hmm. was just this thing, you know? So I went back to Edna Manley. I went back to country to live. I was just a rolling stone, you know. Can I do a reset? Yeah, man. <laughs> I I had to go back to my mom's house for a while, man, to just yeah. like ground zero, like try and get a motivation as to why I started this thing in the first place. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, me understand that. I'll feel right. I'll tell you a similar situation, but it's, it, but anyway, wow. it's not for this interview. <laughs> um, but uh, okay, but then alright. So you you went and you 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 did your degree. You did a degree in music education at at Edna. Um. Yes, I did. Actually, I never did the um. I never did the thesis. <laughs> oh, so you're not finished. <laughs> you yeah. don't have your paper. Never finished. Me did kind of now. You can't never know why me have to do another thesis again. <laughs> to be honest. Oh, okay. But, um. Okay. I I. But I don't know, Edna was just, it was, a, it was a lot of work. And I felt like the four years that we did before, like four years plus another two years, yo, six years, yeah, degree, bro. Come on, Edna. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Edna, me have yeah. a fire pound upon that six years. <laughs> and, and, I, and I work there. I but, know. Uh, but one year yeah. for PQ and then four years. So yeah, man, it's a lot. It's a lot. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, but still, I mean, thesis or not, you're doing your master's now. Yeah, but, um, I have like, it requires 120 credits to do. And you had a million from Edna. <laughs> I had over 200 credits from Edna. Edna, man, leave me burning out. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had over 200, I think, I think it's 180. And I did the, um, the conversion here. I actually, I did the conversion here to U.S. The good thing is it, the program goes through U.S., so it was instantly recognized. Thank God for that. Okay. So they recognized right. as a university at the West Indies thing. 
which was great. So when I went to college here to say, yo, I want to complete my undergrad and they look on my transcript, they're like, undergrad for what? (laughs) Like you need to go (laughs) for the grad school department. We can't do anything with this. You have too much credits. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So they sent me over to grad school and I'm finishing in a year. Because you had you had so many credits. Uh, because I had too much. <laughs> so all right, so stop born with Edna, because I mean you end up getting a master's. Yeah, that's true. So it, you know, so it, it, it's a benefit somehow. I mean, no, yes, Edna's, I agree. It's, Edna's it's, a great school. It's just we need to yeah. really work on the amount of years it takes for. Ooh, to get there. I agree. <laughs> I agree with you completely. Yes. I mean, there's a lot to be fixed. So um, so so when so but you you moved to the US before that, or uh, or you moved for school. I moved to the U.S. before that. Actually, I just, I, I was like, all right, I need a, I need a break from Jamaica. <laughs> so, okay. you know, so I came here and I just, for the first year, just kind of just feel myself around. And, okay. then, and then I <clears throat> actually, I reached out to some schools in, cause I'm in New York. I reached out right. to schools around in Brooklyn and Queens, the, the, the city. And they were telling me that I would have to start from scratch. Like NYU say that if you if you want the NYU degree, you have to start from first year. Oh um, wow! Okay. Yeah, so a couple of them told me that. And then I reached out to a school in Long Island, and they said I should come over. I went over there. They did the transcript. They like whoa, and they asked me to play. They gave me a scholarship okay. on the spot. Wow! Which was great. awesome. Yes, they that was really really great. So they gave me a scholarship on the spot, offered me a spot in the school, and I just started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm also okay. teaching as okay. well, as you know. So You're teaching high school. Yeah. Um, and you're playing in any bands? You have you have a band or you're playing in a band or always. For artists are <laughs> always. Okay. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. I have a band here called Jenna Roots. Nice, nice, nice right. band, you know. And of course the lead singer is Dreamer, Edna Manley student. Yeah, I remember him, so, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So, Arian, Arian, you play with Arian at all? Or? <laughs> uh, yes. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> yes, not COVID 19. <laughs> yes, I'm going to have to edit out so much coughing. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yes, I did. I do a lot of work with Arian, actually. Arian, Arian okay. is one of those efficient people, you know? And yes, know, yes, yes, yes. Arian, too be very professional about their things. I always have a big up Arian. All right, great. You know, yeah, and then you, you, built, you started building a studio again at home. Yeah, I, I have. But it looks like you break it down. So. Yes, I actually strip it so that I can redo the walls. Okay. I strip it okay. and redo the walls. So I'm going to set up in a really nice man. So I, I you know, okay. I make more money now so I can. And <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so this, this studio is going to be multi-purpose. Is it? Are you going to go back into production? Are you going to be doing um, yes, teaching in there? Are you going to be doing? Um, definitely going back in production, full fledged. Like, <clears throat> sorry, um, I really set aside some stuff to really get back into production. I have some really talented students at school too that I'm working with. Okay. Really okay. talented rappers. So I'm doing some work with them, and I really plan on investing and doing some stuff in Jamaica as well. So I definitely okay. plan to go back so, to production full fledged. And is it gonna be dance hall? Is it gonna be hip hop? Is it gonna be both? Music. Or the range? Music. Music. Right. Yeah, man. Everything. Right. Even right. opera. So who are <laughs> Okay. Sounds good. 
who who are some of the the artists? I mean, apart from the students and the people you work with, who are some artists that you you want to work with? Want to right now? I mean, everybody. I I am willing to work with everybody once they have talent. Actually, um, as I say, okay. I want to go full fledged back in. So I've been asking questions. You know, like who are the artists who are really doing well? Some young upcoming artists, whatever, whatever I need to do, because I know some of them probably don't know me. I don't remember me, you know, so right. I'm willing to do back the groundwork, everything that I need to do really to get back my company off the ground again, because it's, it's been okay. active for a little while. So, right. You know, yeah. So it's sounds like you're, 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 you're getting your, your, you're finding yourself back again. You're getting your energy back. Yes, no. man. Do we and get his youth back? <laughs> Much happier. Time, by time heal, time heal enough things, you know. Yeah, I tell you. So, <laughs> trust. What? Trust. All right. So, but, <laughs> but what are who, what are the? So, right, I, I, I don't necessarily want names here. I want like personality types. Who are some of the kinds of people that you you know you definitely do not want to work with? <laughs> um, <laughs> do not want to work with. Um, hmm. I haven't thought about that to be honest. I think I, <laughs> really? I'm more thinking of 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 who I want to work with, which is anybody who have work ethics and and people who just right. want to want to work, you know. And okay. and I, I mean, before, I think most of my experience was with artists was kind of a handout kind of thing where I mean, an artist just I look for people for hand things out to them. It's not right. that kind of thing. I I want to do music, so you want to do music, we do that, and we find a way to to market the music and put it out there. You know, okay. me no me, no, me no want buy no shoes and shirt for nobody and sing mm. baby mother. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, music. How do you approach the music business part of it now differently than you did before? I mean, how are you going to go about this? What is your what is your plan in terms of how 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 you approach your your artists and you know in terms of agree- agreements and all that stuff? What what uh, you thinking with that? Well, I'm not at a place where I think I want to manage an artist right now. I'm at a place where I want to work on projects. So okay. I mean, so you have you write music. Um, I I play keyboards. I have some resources that I can use to market it and I will do the work to market it. So you do your part, I will do my part. You know, but in terms of artist management, I'm not quite there yet. Cause um I just I just don't want to put myself in a position where somebody can pull the control out of my hand. And I feel like that is kind of the challenge artist management posed to me. You know. Right you don't have much control over that. The artists get up today and in a bad mood and don't want to do nothing. Like you just have a bill, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. But 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 even on the production side though, I mean there's because there's 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 questions of, of ownership and percentages and stuff. Uh, do, is that something that you that you start early speaking with the people you're gonna work with or something that you warm up to or you know? Um all right so there is kind of an unwritten rule. I don't know what has changed much in 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 um in our industry as it relates to your art, you voice in a song and blah blah whatever. Because there's just a, a a split right down the middle in terms of lyrics for you, music for me, um that kind of split. I I'm always willing to go fifty fifty with with whatever we're doing. You know, okay. I, I, yeah, I, I don't like when the politics is too technical. 
mm-hmm. to be honest, because I think it kind of take away from everything else. Um, in terms of um, things written down and blah, blah, whatever, I have lawyers who are going to be just dealing with that. And if okay. it needs to be, they will be activated. But in terms of, okay. yo, me and you link up and we say we are going to do nothing. We don't need to stress about the business right now. I mean, if anything okay. happen, okay. I don't want business to come between me and you. Call the lawyer and make the, our lawyer talk to each other. Make them stress over that. Gotcha. You know, and I'm willing to go okay. in that direction because the truth is that is how it they operate here. I mean, right. you know, yeah, that is exactly how they operate here. Lawyers have arguments. In boardroom, they have arguments. Every artist is good. Right. You know, right. so we try to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. So from something you just said, because it, it seems like the, in the Jamaican context, it's slightly different because, like, you know, I, I went to school in Boston. I went to Berkeley. And when when you talk about copywriting stuff and you talk about music and lyrics, you're really just talking about melody and lyrics. Uh-huh. So, but it sounds like when you talk about music and lyrics, it might be the arrangement, the, the track, uh-huh. uh, and then the artist. So when we learn that music business stuff, the songwriter is the person basically – you're not going to copyright the chords. You're copywriting melody and the lyrics, mm-hmm. right? So chords, mm-hmm. arrangement, all that stuff is a different is a different deal. Mm-hmm. How 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 does it work in the Jamaican context? Um, <laughs> I can basically tell you what I know. So you okay. have a beat. Usually, this is how things work in our our context. You as a producer, you build a beat. You send it to give an artist. It's my beat. Mm-hmm. I compose that this beat on my own without your help. You write your song. Right. So everything pertaining to music, melody arrangement of that beat, that's mine. Right? So it's never usually, it's really a case where everybody in the studio and we make everything from scratch together. It's, it's, I, I rarely see that. Right? So okay. a lot of that politics more relates to, to albums where there's a group of people in a studio where they come up with things and artists is there and you sing your song and I build my cards around your song. But usually that's mm-hmm. that that's not the core of our business. In in, in okay. that's not the core of our business. This usually I send a beat to you and this is the beat. I create this on my own and you just write a song around it. Right, right. Yeah. It's I think it needs some more discussion because it's 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 almost like it's two different things. When mm-hmm. you think about songwriters generally everywhere else. Yeah, because when you even when you when you write to the you know you're sending your song to the Library of Congress, the songwriter is the person who came up with that with that, the melody of the you know of the song mm-hmm. and the and the lyrics and the words. Mm-hmm. So it's melody and words that they're they're copywriting. So the 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 beat is a would be a different part of it because honestly that song can be done on any any beat could have you could have do that song on you know okay. in a sense not okay. any beat but you know what I mean yeah no right no. so. So the, the, the copywritten part of that, of the song, is actually just the melody and the lyrics. So, yes, you can probably copyright your arrangement, which is the beat, mm-hmm. which is your, your track. Mm-hmm. You know, but that, but that, is, that is a separate thing. So, I don't know. I, I would love to, to, yeah. to talk to some other people more on, mm-hmm. on, on this to see how it works out. Because there's something even further with Jamaican music because those bass lines are so iconic and so melodic as well so you, i mean you should be i'm sure you can copyright copyright the baseline yeah. in the jamaican context mm-hmm. you know because because some of those things you they're rec- they're very recognizable so any anytime you play them is is recognizable as a particular and, thing and i can tell you this you know it it might sound simple but half of those things are not done you know 
a lot of the mm. a lot of even those bass lines and musicians who play those they are getting nothing from those things because mm. there's like one off yeah one off payment and then is a jamis beat and that's it and and that one name is placed everywhere over that record in terms of arrangement this that, mm-hmm. that, that whatever right and and yeah, but they never and, made any music no and and part of the reason for that too, as i say is because we don't we don't love the politics and a lot of times the people who are in the position to make things happen for you as a musician you bring politics to them them shun you so mm-hmm. we, we we avoid the politics to keep our careers alive really you know because yeah but if it that for me, it it's two things for me. It feel like it mm-hmm. feel one of them. It feel like a control tactic to it keep is. you mm-hmm. keep the person who really need to get the you know who should have who have the rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then other thing is a kind of and I, I don't like to use this word, but this word when tell you what it means. It, it's country. It kind of it kind of it kind of backwards in terms of how how you think about the things mm-hmm. because you you can't because you keep calling this a music industry and is it really an industry if you're not developing it as an industry. Cause, cause a lot of people who are, who have something to gain from keeping it in the dark, keeping it backwards are still kind of putting their foot down on the people who are trying to, to make it change, make it grow. Um, uh, is, is not a blame thing, but I think one of the reasons mm-hmm. for, for, for this, and, and I, I say this all the time, we don't have enough educated people who really work as hard as the non-educated people in music. So, so, okay. so, yeah, so you will have a great, awesome, awesome singer who graduated from Edna Manley, who I will never see in a dance or a party for one year straight to ensure that his music is played and marketed because it, it, that kind of, you know, too local. But yet right. you have a little youth around the road who will do that every night until him become the next big thing. You know, and right, I, I right. that's one of the reasons why the industry is how it is, because a lot of us educated people are not willing to do the dirty work because we think we're above it. So instead of going down there to do the dirty work, we probably just get a background singer for the same youth. We're going to do the dirty work. We are background singer for him, you know, because he right, was right. to go in the gutter and, and make it happen. And and mm-hmm. until the educated people start going down in the gutter and make it happen for them, industry will remain the same. Because okay. the industry that I learned at Edna Manley is when you graduate, you go out there, you realize that is 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 different. I mean, some of it is changing mm-hmm. now, where a lot of it is uptown, you know. And I'm sure you 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 see that because you're ex you're experiencing it. But before that, I I don't own everything there. And not in terms right. of um, geographical location, but in terms of the thing. I know what you mean. Yeah, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. until we start have some more singers from Edna Manley who boss, I mean, and and who is who who is me as a musician come drop a paper on him desk, him not going to feel no way because him know how the thing go. You will right. never see those things happening. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I mean. I mean Again, when I was when I was in school, one of the one of the things that they tell you in the music business class is, you know, even if you're forming a band, I know it's your best friends and your brother or whatever, the first thing you do is you do a little agreement and say, you know, this is this is who's share of what, 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 mm-hmm. and this is who does what and, and you know, this is what you deserve, this is what I deserve. And then you put it down and you just work from that. You know, cause then cause when something happens, you have that to refer to. 
Mm-hmm. So it's not that thing that you can live with every day. It's something that you just, you, you say, okay, this is our agreement. And then so everybody kind of knows it's on the same page. Nobody has a misunderstanding of what their agreement is because that's where the problem is. It's when you think it's something, but it's, I think it's something else. And then <laughs> down the line, you think that I'm being unfair because it's not what you think it is. So if you start exactly. it up with that clear piece of paper or whatever, and it can be a one-page thing with just five lines, but you say you say what it is that everybody, and everybody agreed to it and say, okay, fine. And then if somebody at some point say, I want to revisit the agreement, then fine, let's revisit the agreement. But you know? Every time we do that, we get suspicious of each other, you know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why, but I don't, it's, it's, it's a cultural thing. I was, I, it's discussions that I've had a, f- a couple of times, you know? I think part of the reason why is because us as we think with our emotions first <laughs> and right. is is a yeah. positive thing with us as Caribbean people, but it's also a negative thing. And I realize that it even affects me now in my professional environment when my principal will come in and just say this, that, 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 whatever. And I probably not like her tone, but who cares? Get the job done. That's how they think. Right. <laughs> I don't right, care right, about emotions. Yeah. Just get the job done. And and I have to mm-hmm. talk to myself all the time. Yo, keep it moving. Get the job done. That's it. Nobody cares how, about your feelings. And I think mm-hmm. because we focus and think with our emotions so much, that is why we can't get half of these things done. But but I think part of it also is that as creative people, we don't think of ourselves as a business. No, we, you know, because we really are. That's what we are, and that's Joe. and and if we thought of ourselves in that way, then those those kind of formalities would make more sense. I think. I mean, that might not happen as 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 regular as it should, but at least it would make more sense. If you thought of yourself as a business, as a as a business, a musician, you know, you the business is yes, I play keyboards, but the business is, there's another aspect of the business is that um I have these talents and these things are are monetizable, are marketable. And I can make money from these things. So these things, I need to be clear with how I'm interfacing with people with these skills that I have because because they're they're worth something. Mm-hmm. They're worth something, and and what I produce is worth something. So I have to interface with you based on what I my value and what you value my worth and the skill to be. So, but I I, I think it's it's slowly changing, but it, it's I think it's kind of too slow, but um. And I mean, and we can badmouth Edna as much as we want, or you know, I mean, I know, you know, I know you're not really badmouthing Edna, but, but I think we're we're there's some of what we're teaching that is sinking in, mm-hmm. and some of the people who are going out are helping to change change that change the landscape, um, whether intentionally or unintentionally, but but you're seeing the change. There's there's some slight changes. Edna is the best thing that ever happened to our music industry. Trust me, like it 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 is. I see it. I hear it in the level of music that is being played. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I see it with the professionalism, like Edna is Edna really doing a great job as it relates to that. The popular music part of Edna is just awesome. That, oh, great! That yeah, man. They, Thank you. <laughs> yes, man. Because I'm part of it. <laughs> yeah, man. Definitely awesome. Like I have people over here, like they they watch the drummers, they watch the musicians, and you you're surprised. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like it's Jamaicans are fans of Americans. You have a lot of Americans over here who are fans of what's going on over there. Trust me. And that's, that's why great. I tell that's great. Okay. Know, record yourself because 
the people who you, America has 300 million people. The, the 10 that you know who is awesome, believe me, <laughs> the others are trash, not trash, but they're not as good. And they look to people like you guys who are right. really awesome. You Because you see, the thing is the Jamaican musician, they compare themselves to the best of the best. Not right. uh, yes. that they are so way ahead of the average person, you know? True. Yeah, and the truth is that Jamaica generally tends to battle over its average anyway, where the culture thing is concerned. Yeah. It's such a small place, but it's had a big, big influence and stamp on, on the world. So I learned that after just with my high school alone. Like when every high school that I've taught in, in Jamaica, I, I can find 10 wicked singers. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I'm in a performing arts high school and I can't find five singers who wow yeah and it's a performing arts high school so we take it for granted with what we have <laughs> you know right well i mean it's a bigger population so yeah the, the, the talent will be spread out more so, yeah you know <laughs> really spread out <laughs> <laughs> all right cool cool uh, Dwayne, well i mean i think we, we talk enough uh, we can talk again but yeah. last thing i want to know is art mm-hmm. um you used to used to do these live live interview things on on facebook when you going to get back to that cuz i mean you, you never invite me you never invite oh, me to come talk no. but yes we you still love you no. it. <laughs> i invited you i reached out to you <laughs> um then you stop you, you reach out to me and you go, not no more so you're late you're late no is <laughs> work and school caused that work it was okay. work and school and before that it was technical issues that I just could not figure out and nobody on Facebook could help me with because I wanted okay. my thing to be a live interview, you know, instead right. of a pre-recorded thing. I wanted people to engage and it was just, so I will set up the interview and then when I try to connect to the interview, it was just, and it was, I it really hurt me, <laughs> you know? Right, 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 right. You know? But now you figured it out because, I mean, you're soon, you're soon done school. Soon done school so and what, Zoom? fully, fully go back into it. So, I mean, I have to find, I think Zoom could work. I don't know how I could stream Zoom through Facebook. I don't know if that is possible. Yeah, man, I'm, go, I'm definitely going to figure it out. But it, the truth is, it's just work and school. So I leave like five, six in the morning and I'm back home by 10. It's just not possible. And wow. grad school with the whole department yeah. So it's okay. it rough, but it's something okay. we're really passionate about. I mean, and and I saw where people were tuned in, you know, and people Good. they're learning from it. So I'm going to get back to it, man, for sure. Okay, cool. All right. Well, thanks for talking to me, sir. Yes, man. It was great. Till next time. <laughs>